It is actually Friday, the 29th day of April, 2022. Uh, please accept my most humble apologies uh, for the delay in getting this week's steaming pile of crap uh, out to three or four of you. I was dealing with a professional decision last night that I didn't take uh, lightly and chose not to record this nonsense while in the midst of said decision, so I uh, took the night off, delayed it a day, and here we are. I don't really want to get too deep in the weeds on that, so uh, I've got a whole list of mostly random shit to talk about and share my uh, completely uninformed opinion about. Uh, Shanghai, OnlyFans, Kingston Mass, the Celtics, fucking celebrities, in the carnal sense, uh, the maybe once future owner of Twitter, the TV, the TV show Seventh Heaven slash Bad TV, and some other crap. Honestly, I can say with the utmost confidence that this really is the world's worst podcast. Seriously. And that's all right here, right now, on Complaints and Observations. Still the most less-than-average podcast on the internet with a host who's the smartest person in the room when he's the only one there. A continuing odyssey into mediocrity guaranteed to make you question your life choices and your own sanity. This is Complaints and Observations. With Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. Who's going to win it? The Celtics. Because there's no other reason why. The Celtics are the balls. Hello and uh, welcome everybody to the program. Hope you're doing very well. Uh, as I started off the top of the show, today is indeed Friday. So I hope your Thursday went okay without having my monotone bullcrap come out of your speaker. Fingers crossed, am I right? Um, right from the top, I would like to talk about um, the Boston Celtics. <clears throat> An absolutely outstanding performance to sweep the favored Brooklyn Nets. Now, I say favored in a sense that is not entirely accurate because I don't think monetarily or gambling-wise they were actually favorites. If they were, it was slight at best, but prior to the series, there I would say that there weren't too many people that, uh, in, in a national sense, they were picking the Celtics to win the series. Everybody was talking about uh, Kyrie and Durant and this, that, and the other, and waiting for Ben Simmons to get up off the bench in his ugly-ass clothes and actually play a basketball game, the poor kid, I legit feel bad for him. I really do. There's something going on between his ears that needs to be uh, dealt with. And either he's being stubborn and refuses to do so, uh, or they're just choosing not to treat it. One of the two. I don't know. But uh, this all this came out in... I, I, would, I would say, well, first of all, they had a plan. They had a solid plan of how to defend... Uh, the two players on that team. And if you see, if you look at the box scores and you see that every night for, for Brooklyn, there was a different player who probably should not have been scoring 15, 16 points that was scoring 15, 16 points. Result of that uh, is because the defense that the Celtics played on uh, the two star players. <clears throat> so, you know, you had Seth Curry and uh, Bruce Brown, um, going off a couple, going off in their own way. Like Bruce Brown, two games in a row, 
had like 10 points in the first quarter and then probably had four or five for the rest of the night. But the game plan was solid, absolutely solid. They locked down on those two guys, especially Durant. Um, and I think the game plan may have been, all right, let's just let's let's keep winning because Kyrie will get frustrated and quit, which happened in the second half of game three and all of game four because he is a head case as well. Uh, another mental illness that's being uh, that's not being dealt with. But I digress. Um, Ime Udoka, just, I, I love the guy. Just great coach. No, no, there's no gray area with the guy. So it's, it's black or white. It's no bullshit. It's, it's fantastic. If he goes out and wins, wins the title in his first season, it'll be, it'll be fucking unbelievable. It really will. And he got, you know, no real love for coach of the year. Surprisingly. It's because he's, it's the Celtics. That's just how it goes. But what can you do, right? I mean, they have to be the favorites in the East right now because everybody else. I mean, Miami's good. I'm not. I'm not afraid of Miami by any stretch. Um, I'm afraid of Golden State, but not so much that I don't think the Celtics could beat them because they've proven they can go. They can go to. Um, to Oakland or San Francisco or wherever the fuck they play now and beat them. When they were at their peak, they went there and beat them. So I'm curious to see how it plays out. The playoffs have been okay. They've been fun. Uh, John Morant had the best in-game dunk I have ever seen in my life uh, the other night. People were comparing, I saw this on Twitter, comparing it to the Vince Carter uh, Frederick Weiss dunk. The difference is that was the Olympics. And Frederick Weiss, uh, well, man, it's not really a difference. I don't know. Two different things. Two different dunks, and I, I would say, okay, that that's apt. I could live with that. That was the best dunk since. That makes sense. Somebody also said that, you know, like the still images of the dunk are, are the kind of pictures that when I was a kid you know, me and my friends or me and whoever or just other kids of my age of that era, early 90s, early to mid 90s, that would be on people's fucking wall. That would be a poster on people's wall. I don't even know if kids have posters anymore. Are posters a thing? Man, because I had fucking tons of posters. I still have my posters from when I was a kid. They're literally just rolled up. I got no place to put them. I don't have room here in the... uh in the palace. I might see if I can bust out a couple of them and uh, see if I can find room for them. But yeah, that's a good question. Are posters still a thing? Write that down. Posters still a thing. Being an old and not having children, I don't know. So all you people out there that are listening that have children, it's probably one of you at least. Are posters still a thing? (laughs) Anyway, so they're going to play Milwaukee. I think they start on Sunday. Should be a much more competitive series, but I don't see the Celtics losing this series either. And the, the, the kicker here is I don't think they played their best, especially offensively, against Brooklyn. I mean, there were stretches where they couldn't hit a fucking, uh, you know, couldn't hit water if they f- fell out of a boat. Bah, 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 bah. And I couldn't spit that out, too. God. They sound like garbage. <clears throat> um, no, no Chris Middleton helps the Celtics. Also massive. I'd like to see uh, Philadelphia win so that them and the Heat can just beat the piss out of each other for seven games because that's probably what would happen. Joel Embiid is very, very good. Very good. All right, so last week, as I mentioned, was 420. What was that, last, uh, I don't know, Wednesday, last Tuesday, whatever. 
And something was making the rounds that I had I had never seen before. A marijuana-related clip from the television show Seventh Heaven. Early 2000s, uh, WB or UPN, I don't remember the channel. I think it was the same channel as <clears throat> as Dawson's Creek. No, oh, that reminds me. I gotta write that down so I don't forget. Um, but the clip is basically the, the two parents find uh, find a joint and they go they go bananas. They're not pleased with what they find, and the audio is excellent. The video adds a little. But the audio is still very, very stupidly funny. All right, I'll, I'll get straight to the point. I found marijuana in the house. And while I never thought of myself as the type of father who'd have to drug test his kids, I'm willing to do just that if that's what it takes to find out who brought a joint into this house. Dad, Lucy found something too. Dad, I found a joint in Mom's dresser drawer. I was just looking for a scarf because I needed something else to go with my outfit. I didn't think you'd mind. But then I stumbled on the joint. Mary and I didn't know what to think. I mean, it's really none of our business if you and Dad want to. Don't finish that sentence. Uh, I assume that you're referring to this. This joint. Same joint I found by the front door. Same joint your mother then put into her dresser drawer. Oops. Oh, what a relief. I mean, it's not like we thought that Mom was a stoner or anything, but... Wait a minute. Then whose joint is it? It's mine. You've got to be kidding! Look, Simon. Man, I can't believe you! Simon, wait! Girls, you're going up to your rooms. We need to talk to Matt. What the hell do you think you're trying to pull? Eric, calm down. Oh, I think I've been about as calm as I can be throughout this. Now it's time for some answers. It's not enough that you're smoking dope. We have to bring it into our house. What if one of the younger kids had found this first? But I didn't think that... That's exactly right. You didn't think, because if you thought about anyone but yourself, for a second, it might have occurred to you that the look that you just saw on Simon's face is the look of a kid who's just lost all respect for his older brother. Eric. Is this why you've never held down a job? Oh, because, hey, here's something that doesn't take a whole lot of skill to do, just a lighter and a complete lack of self-respect. It's not why... I'm not finished! Just let me know one thing. Please tell me. It'll help me sleep better. Tell me that you wanted to get caught. Because you couldn't possibly think that we'd be so stupid that we wouldn't find out. Or better yet, please explain to us how anyone could be so stupid as to do drugs in the first place. I don't know, Dad. Why don't you ask Mom? Maybe she can explain it to you. Don't you dare bring your mother into this. Apologize right now! You're not going anywhere. I'm not staying here. Don't you dare walk out that door! I think they missed the mark with Seventh Heaven. Like that should that should come out now. That show would be uh, a ratings bonanza on Newsmax or uh, one of these fucking um, Sinclair syndicated channels uh, or Fox News or Fox Nation. Well, maybe they did try to reboot it and I just missed it, but what a fucking... Oh my god, that is a frustrating clip. It's stupid as fuck. And there's more to it where uh, at, at some point the mom, uh, you know, tells tells Pastor, whatever the fuck his name was, uh, well, I, I smoked pot once. And like the, the stupid deep fucking music comes on, the, the dramatic music, like, oh pot whoa guy can't the fucking poor kid his father gets in his face and tells him he's a bum can't keep a job because of joints <laughs> fast forward 15 20 years or so and uh 
you know, it's just I can I can drive down the street and buy it. It's not it's not the same. Oh, but that's so it's so cringy, funny and stupid. That's such a kick out of it that I needed to share it illegally. Um, but yeah, so there you go. So that that's uh, something you didn't expect to hear on the program. A snippet from an episode of Seventh Heaven. It was that Jessica Alba. Is that who that was? I think so. Mrs. Timberlake. Yeah, yeah. I think that's who he's uh, married to. Um. <clears throat> Speaking of Newsmax and Fox News, there was there's a thing going around now where Kevin McCarthy, uh, next in line allegedly at one point for Speaker of the House, representative from California, general shitbag of a human, was caught on tape basically saying, um, you know, uh, that that the January sixth shit was coming down. It's not good. This, that, and the other. There's more to it than that, but I I chose not to listen to it more than once uh, because I I find it so unbelievably irritating. Anyways, uh, Tucker Carlson now says that uh, Kevin McCarthy is a is a (laughs) an agent of the Democrats. Uh, They fucking all turn on a dime. Anytime the truth comes out or anytime a shred of the truth, maybe not even the entire truth, but just a shred of the truth comes out, they turn. It's like hungry rats turning to cannibalism. They go after one another. It's maddening. The entire lack of focus on improving the country does not exist over there. And look, we can fight all day about the other side being, you know, limp-wristed and fucking stupid and lazy and whiny because it's all true. But here's centrist Dave coming in and being like, look, the fucking right is 10 times worse. They're just so fucking shitty. They do not care. They don't care about anything other than winning. That is literally... The only thing they fucking care about. That's it. Winning. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a fuck about me. They don't give a fuck about literally anybody whose bank account does not have fucking nine zeros in it. And even then, they don't even really really care about them either. They're just trying to get a piece of the pie. And look, you can say the same about the other side, but I'm I'm seeing a, a clip today of Bernie Sanders giving a speech on the Senate floor talking about Amazon. I know Amazon currently has about 39 open labor violation cases with the National Labor Relations Board. And here they are getting tax breaks and taxpayer money and this, that, and the other. And it, it, it made me think, does Bernie Sanders buy anything from Amazon? <laughs> he has to. And if he doesn't, his wife does or his kids do. Or some, like, really close relative. Here he's out here calling Jeff Bezos a criminal. He's literally saying that. Jeff Bezos is a criminal. Eh, I think Jeff Bezos is kind of clueless, but whatever. That's that's neither here nor there. And it just makes... I'd love to see what Bernie Sanders' Amazon Prime account looks like. If he has one. I just, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, and the thing that sucks is every time I say to myself, David, don't don't fucking get caught up in it. Don't think about it. Don't talk about it. It's impossible to ignore. It is impossible to ignore. Society in this country is so fucking tied up in politics. It's gross. It is fucking disgusting. And you know, it, it's annoying and it's rotting our brains. See, that's what I meant by uninformed opinion right from the jump. It's not entirely uninformed. It's formed. Maybe not informed entirely, but certainly formed. 
man. It's just like when does when does it fucking stop? Does it ever stop? I don't know. I transitioned smoothly from Seventh Heaven to Kevin McCarthy. You don't you don't get that anywhere else. Only on the world's worst podcast. I need um I need my boy Ken to make like an echo of that so I could so I could Drop that in the middle of an episode. World's worst podcast. Yeah, that's not good either, is it? No. So there's a uh, a story floating around um, late last week, early this week, about a family in Kingston, Massachusetts, who had sued uh, the Indian Pond Country Club in Kingston uh, for damages occurred occurring to their home, which was um, located next to the 15th hole of said country club. Uh, They purchased the house in uh, 2017 for uh, $750,000. It was a a new four-bedroom, 3,000-square-foot home. April of 2017. So they've now owned the property for five years. Immediately when you see this, you're like, oh, what the fuck? You know, these fucking people, these fucking rich assholes living on a golf course. What the hell do they expect? Of course, golf balls are going to hit the house. Yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. The more I looked into it, the more I, um, the more that you, you learn, one, the people that own the house, they repeatedly ask the, the golf course for assistance, basically saying, look, uh, we, we keep having to replace windows and siding, and uh, we can't have our kids play outside, and this, that, and the other. I just said that twice. Why would I do that? Um, <clears throat> and the golf course did nothing. From, from everything I've read, the best article that I've read was, in a, uh, was a story in Golf Week which apparently is a USA Today slash Gannett property these days. It was the most detailed and included extensive quotes from the family's lawyer. Basically laying out all the shit that the the golf course didn't do, and the golf course did not respond to a request for a quote, so they did not offer their side of the story, which I thought was, you know, expected but still odd. The jury basically awarded the family a $5 million uh, settlement, most of which was for, uh, like, pain and suffering, basically. What's the actual term? What is the actual term? Uh, Mental distress damages. That was added on by the jury. Oof. Because apparently they were only suing for property damages. But they decided they were going to tack on a whole lot more. And then <laughs> they came back with 3.5. And then with statutory interest, brings it up to 4.9. Gah! It's a lot of fucking dough. They're going to appeal. It's going to drag on. So they might not ever see that money. I'm guessing they'll see something at some point. But, you know, I think it's going to be a while. I, it wouldn't shock me if that... Mental distress uh, is is lowered. So here's my thinking, okay? First, if you own a house on a golf course, you need to expect a golf ball or 650 of them, (laughs) in this case, uh, is going to end up on your property. You have to expect that, right? I would think any reasonable, rational adult would know that, especially if you are a golfer. Myself, being a bad golfer, I have hit houses fucking everywhere. Houses that weren't even close to the course, I managed to hook, slice, or just flat out aim for. Uh, and, And I don't think I've ever broken a window. I haven't heard... Um, glass shatter doesn't mean I haven't done it, but 
So the big thing, right, <clears throat> when you see, oh, five million bucks, well, that's a lot of money. The problem is the golf course did nothing. They literally did nothing for these people for like four years. Like, hey, put up a net, even something, right? Let's say they put up a net, and apparently where the hole is, I've never played this as a private club. Apparently the 15th tee is elevated uh, high enough that even a, that every now and again you're still going to, you would still get um, balls that would go over, say, an 80-foot high net, which is, oh, wow, okay, which makes sense. But basically they just ignored them. Ignored them, ignored them, ignored them, and now, and now, uh, they they it's going to cost them. It's going to cost them a, a ton of time, a ton of money. Whatever they're paying for the lawyer, when they lose, they have to pay that too. Fuck. I mean, you're looking at probably six million bucks by the time all is said and done. When you could have just paid, I don't know, fifty grand, hundred grand, to like move the tee box, put up a net, you know, make make nice with with your neighbors. Fucking crazy. Here's the flip side of the coin, right? As I said, when you buy a house on a golf course, you you sort of, you sign up for certain things, right? Certain things are going to happen. It's just part of the deal. I would say after maybe the 15th or 16th window that I've had to replace and the, I don't know, 10th, piece of siding, um, or w whatever else broke, <clears throat> I would start to think, all right, do is this house so important to me that I have to stay and deal with this? I mean, you could still fucking sue the shit out of these people. But at what point does this house, does a house stop being uh, more important than your fucking sanity? I mean, Christ, I would imagine, like, on a Saturday, they're just sitting in their living room, and all of a sudden, a fucking ball comes blasting through the window. Another ball fucking smashes in your siding, puts a hole in your siding. That's got to be... That is mental distress. But why the fuck would you stay? That's, that's like in the movies with people when they go to a house and it's haunted. They stick around. Like, no, pack your shit up. Get the fuck out. Sell the place. Let it be somebody else's problem. It's a fucking uh, a giant house on a golf course in Kingston, Mass. You're gonna make your money back, even if you go ahead and, and sell it for seven for seven hundred and fifty grand. All right, guess what? Uh, no more headache, no more mental stress, no more fucking uh, golf ball nightmares. I can see how the Golf course is in the wrong. I just, it, it, it sort of ties into a, a point that I've made in the past. Like, why do people, why why is a house so fucking important? I don't know. It's very important to, to a lot of people. Very, very important. To me, it's like you could just get up and move. Go somewhere else. I don't know. I guess if you don't have one. Obviously, that changes things, and then it becomes important, but, like, these people put up with this bullshit for five years, God knows, how, who knows when it stopped, uh, when did it stop? Can't, four and a half years after, so after they bought the house, so middle of last year is when it finally stopped, so I don't know. Four and a half years. I don't think that's worth it to me. I would have been like, ah, fuck this shit. I'm out of here. See you later. Adios. I'm long gone. That's what I would have done. But again, that's just me. I'm a, a, a fat, whiny nobody. So a few more random things <clears throat> that I wanted to talk about. Um... Again, everyone's favorite oligarch, Elon Musk. He actually did go and uh, maybe purchase Twitter, $45, 44000000000 billion. Apparently now that's sort of up in the air for a handful of different reasons. One of which is, is, one of which, one of which is apparently his liquidity 
Apparently, a lot of his wealth is tied up in Tesla stock, and it took a bit of a nosedive. And uh, it's all stuff that I don't really know anything about. <clears throat> all I know is that uh, I've, I've been reading a lot about people who are saying that it might not actually go through. And apparently, one of the other th reasons is China. Uh, he does a lot of manufacturing in China. He's trying to get Tesla uh, to be more prominent in China. And as you as you know, the Chinese are not big on free speech. So here's Elon uh, hammering the free speech drum. He wants to make Twitter the quote town square, end quote. And yet he's uh, he's dealing with a, a communist country, um, doing everything in their power to basically shut up their citizens. So I'm curious to see how this plays. Elon has a very uh, interesting history of saying and, and, and doing, kind of doing a lot of different things that don't actually get done. Um, you know, I, I don't really want to get into it because, uh, you know, I'm already giving this guy far too much attention that I really want to give. <clears throat> but the hilarious part of this Twitter thing to me is that there are a huge number of people who seem to think that Twitter is this uh, shady company doing all sorts of nefarious things, right? And, and you get it from all sides. It's not just, it, you know, you're not getting it from one side. You get one, one side is saying one thing, another side is saying another, and the people in the middle are just fucking, all right, enough already. But honestly, it's a microblog site with millions of average everyday people who simply don't care for shitty people. Could Twitter be doing a better job? Probably. But all this freedom and, and free speech shit is so misguided. And it's, it's only because, look, you, you had a handful of people who've been banned from the site, okay? Let's start with the bottom. Let's start with the bottom dwellers, right? Alex Jones, for example. Alex Jones is currently embroiled in a lawsuit with a number of uh, Sandy Hook parents because he said that, you know, the death of their children was fake. And it's not as if he just said it once. He said it multiple times over a very long period of time. And so he's being sued. And rightfully so. And he's probably going to lose. So, he, you know, this idiot saying all these fucking things, it, just in, in that instance, he said a lot of other dumb shit, too. But like, that's not that's not a free speech issue. Okay? You, you cannot do that. It's a bigger issue that's over my head. But I do know that you can't do that. And Twitter, being a private entity can tell people to fuck off. They can do that. But apparently it's a free speech issue. It is not. It's not even fucking close to it. It's a common sense thing. The other one, obviously, is the former president of the United States. Again, saying things that aren't true. I can say shit that's not true. I'm not the president. President should not be saying shit that is just patently false. Now, do I think he should have been banned? No, I don't. Because it probably would have been more entertaining to, to see him fucking flail in real time and, and flame out, if you will, in real time and leave on his own, which he claims he did anyway. So, you know... It's just, it's so strange to me that this is the fucking hill these people are dying on. And they're all, the number of people that are praising Elon Musk for spending $45 billion on a cesspool of a medium. There was one the other day, some um, uh, Republican uh, House candidate down south who, who said that Elon Musk is, um, is the new Harriet Tubman. I said, wait, wait, what? That can't be real. It has to be parody. It wasn't parody. 
somehow this woman was equating, um, you know, what Harriet Tubman did, freeing slaves, to Elon Musk spending $45 billion on a social media site where literally anybody can say anything. Like, let's be honest. No one stopped from saying anything. If you say something shitty and enough people, like, report your tweet, it's going to be gone. Obviously, when that happens, it's not just Twitter. It's Twitter taking action based on the number of people who said, hey, this fucking tweet is stupid or shitty or whatever. And then Jack Dorsey, who used to own the fucking company, or used to be the CEO or the president or whatever, he's he's no fucking Mensa member. So the people on the other side clamoring for whatever this formerly utopian view of Twitter is, they should probably fucking take a seat, okay? Because Jack Dorsey's a fucking dunce. And he's also clearing close to a billion dollars himself if this thing goes through. So, you know, he's got fewer issues and fewer concerns other than uh, the sanctity of Twitter. Too much Elon Musk. I didn't want to do that. It wasn't really too much, but whatever. <clears throat> um, the other night... Uh, having having uh, beverages with some friends, the uh, discussion of the uh, classic hall pass came up. And it's interesting. I'm sure this is something that happens all the time. Like, hey, who's, who's your hall pass? Which is basically, hey, who do you want to fuck? Which is like, let's just break it down. Who's that one person that you can't fuck, but you can? And that you suddenly think that your spouse would be cool if you if you happened to fuck this person. <laughs> like when you say it like that, instead of just saying, who's your hall pass? It sounds much, much worse, doesn't it? Won't get into, into the seedy details, if you will, but... I've had a thing for Busy Phillips for a very, very long time. A very long time. Going back to the Dawson's Creek days. And I still have a thing for Busy Phillips. I will not deny that at all. And if given the chance, I would strike out ridiculously. No, whatever. The chance is it will never materialize. It will never happen. It's just a, a weird thing. That's all. And that's all these things are. It's just a weird thing. But I would be so curious to know, like, if it's ever actually happened, right? If there's ever been a couple, just a random middle-class couple, the discussion is, who's your hall pass? One of them says somebody, and then the next thing you know, (laughs) it fucking happens. (laughs) I would say less than half a dozen instances. I would say the over-under is five and a half. Nope, sorry, let's change that. Over and under, four and a half. There's obviously no way to figure that out or to, to, you know, do that, but that's my guess. Over, under, four and a half. I just thought that was funny. Uh, Sad news for the local folk, the Brockton Fair. If you are at all familiar with the southern, uh, southeastern Massachusetts region, you are familiar familiar with the Brockton Fair. It's been around for a hundred and some odd years. Um, but apparently, uh, no more. The people that own the fairgrounds now are the same family that owned the um, <clears throat> Rainham Taunton dog track. Or, no, I'm sorry. Rainham Taunton Greyhound Park is what the actual name of the place was, and they shut that down. I mean, obviously there was reasons, because um, you know the dog people didn't want dog racing anymore, so they obviously lost their thing and whatever. And then uh, they couldn't get a casino there, which I don't really think they tried very hard, but whatever. So it's very interesting that the two two local institutions have been. Killed essentially by the same family. 
Very interesting. So it's sad. I went to a couple of concerts at the Brockton Fair. Obviously, it's been a long time. Since I, I haven't been there in Christ, I don't know, 20 years or so. Which is probably why it's closing, because nobody fucking goes anymore. It was never really the safest place, really. But but it was the kind of thing that you you still did, because it was something that you always did. Oh, we're going to the fair. We're going to the fair. So, um, yeah, that, that sucks. It sucks for the family. It sucks for the family. I would assume it sucks for the family, right? You'd assume that they, you know, they know how shitty that is and how the optics are. But they own the fairground. They own all that fucking land. They're going to turn around and fucking sell it, develop it, whatever. And they're going to make a shit ton of money. And don't have to deal with the headaches and the bullshit that comes with running the Brockton Fair. So, a little uh, local flavor for those of you who aren't local. But you don't care. Anyway. Alright, as it is Friday, it is time for three gripes. Ugh. Uh, gripe number one, koozies slash free shit. It's a rare combo gripe. So let's start with koozies. Can we please, as a, as a, as a whole, as a society, stop giving these things away constantly? Listen, getting anything for free is usually a great thing. My favorite line with regards to free things comes from uh, the great Emmett Smith, who said, quote, if it's free, give me three, end quote. And honestly, it's always appreciated. But at some point, we need to take stock of the fact that everybody already has a billion of these things. Everybody fucking has a ton. I have a fucking drawer full of them in the kitchen right now. And we probably threw away a bunch of them. I still have a bunch, you know, in a box um, that I didn't bring out to the shed here. And and this, I would say there's a half a dozen in the bar right now as well. I posed the question on Instagram at ComplaintsPod and got a handful of answers. Thank you to uh, to all of you. A friend of the show, Andrew, said, quote, one from every wedding, end quote. Bingo. I think we got two the last time. we the last Not the last wedding, but the wedding prior. We got two. Two of them. <laughs> what? Two? Which is really four. Two per. One was a standard can koozie. The the other one was like a narrow white claw canned koozie. What? Quote, I own at least 10, but every time I see one, I instantly think I need one. They just end up collecting dust. End quote. Thank you, John. I appreciate that. That's true. You get them. See, I've, I've gone past that point, though. Anytime I see them, I'm not taking them anymore. They're not, it's not worth it, because what am I going to do with them when I get home? It's going to go right in the fucking draw with the rest of them. Other friend of the show, Donnie, Donnie Washburn of The Quiet Violent. Still waiting on some new music, Donnie. Appreciate it. Uh, quote, maybe four, but I've lost about a hundred. End quote. Dude, that's fucking crazy. I think, you know, I think it's a bit of hyperbole there. He probably hasn't lost a hundred, but he's probably lost, let's say, a dozen or so. Maybe more. Maybe, hey, fuck it. Maybe every time he goes somewhere, he brings one of these free koozies and just leaves it. Which leads me to my next one from friend of the show, Scott Banksley. Quote, to the point where I throw them in people's bags before they leave my house. End quote. Noted. I'm going to Scott's house soon, and I will be carrying no bags, sir. None. Not sticking me with any fucking free koozies. 
My overall point here is that the free koozie ship has sailed. It's gone. We need another free tchotchke thing that we can give away. There has to be another one. Think about it. Do people, but again, right? Hold on. Do people really need parting gifts like they just lost on The Price is Right every time they go to a fucking wedding? No. A wedding, a shower, a company function, a birthday, for any sort of party, whatever. It's just wasteful. I'd rather have the $1.20 that it, that you spent on it. Just give me that. Give me the dollar twenty. Can fucking put that in a jar by the time the year's over. I have 50 bucks. <laughs> and so free shit, right? This is the other side of the coin. The the water bottle or Yeti knockoff, that needs to go too. Gone. This is mostly a corporate thing, uh, you know, an, an employment thing. And again, just creates more waste. I don't fucking need any more. I still have the one from Wayfair six years ago, seven, however many fucking years ago it was. I still have the fucking thing. Because it was, you know, is a nice piece of equipment. It's not going to go bad. It's not going to, you know, I, I changed it out just because it's like, fuck, I should probably get something new. This is old. But I mean, how many do you need? You're not drinking out of multiple bottles every day, right? Everyone already has enough of those. So if it's all the same to you, just take that money and burn it because it's about as equally as useful. Gripe number two, clueless CEOs. This came about recently, but <clears throat> I will not name names here. But there's one that I know of who runs a multi-million dollar nationwide corporation and this man has absolutely zero fucking clue how to speak or act as an actual human being. I mean, just unbelievably fucking stupid. And sadly, the same can be applied to the majority of these fucking clowns. Then the vast majority of that vast majority are dudes, so it's really no surprise. Surely there was a, a point in their career where they were uh, doing very well, looked upon as something, at least in some cases, right? Maybe not in, in every case where they start at the bottom and, and rose to the chief executive officer. It's, probably, it's not how it works in most of these places. But, you know, maybe they started the company or owned a piece of it or whatever. <clears throat> it's just mind-blowing that people in charge of not just massive revenues, but more so the actual lives and well-being of a great number of people and how they can just be so fucking ignorant or clueless or just flat-out dumb. There are a lot of, of CEOs that are, that are decent, that are smart, that know what they're doing. There just seems to be way more that are on the other side of the coin. I am a stupid person. An incredibly stupid person. And I believe that I could do some of their jobs just as well. Some, not all, some. That's coming from me, your host, who's a stupid person hosting a stupid podcast. Gripe number three, OnlyFans. I think OnlyFans has been a gripe before. I'm not 100% sure. But it was uh, recently reported that uh, this young lady. Catch me outside, how about that? Huh? Catch me outside, how about that? Catch you outside? What does that mean? What I just said. Yeah, you remember her, right? <clears throat> Turns out there's a lot more to, uh, to her than just the... That stupid Dr. Phil clip. Um, I didn't realize that she was uh, a rapper, quote-unquote. And, and I, I shouldn't even say, quote-unquote, she was uh, somewhat successful as a rapper as well. Um, apparently becoming the youngest female rapper to ever appear on the Billboard Top 100, which was like, what? 
Wow. Um, anyways, she turned 18 uh, last year. I think it was last year. And she decided at that point that she was going to start um, an OnlyFans page. Six days, six days after her 18th birthday, she opened her account. She earned $1 million in the first six hours. Like, what the fuck? Are you fucking serious? And then throughout the course of the year, now, mind you, not even a full year. This was something that when I heard about, when it, when it was like, oh, she made this in a year. Um, it's not even a full year. It's eight months. Eight months. She made $50 million. $50 million. Doing what amounts to a fully clothed OnlyFans. 50 million, five zero, 50 million, 50 million. Blows my mind. Blows my fucking mind. And apparently she's not even the number one uh, top earner for the year. It was actually Black China. Who I've heard the name, not familiar with her work. Right behind um, the Catch Me Outside girl, who goes by the professional name Bad Bobby, but it's spelled B H A D B H A B I E. Again, not for me. I'm not the target audience here, okay? But whatever. She brought in more money than Bella Thorne, Cardi B, Mia Khalifa. Mia Khalifa. I mean, come on. But fucking bananas, $50 million. She just bought a mansion in Florida for $6.5 million in cash. Apparently this girl only showed her titties once. And that's the kind of money she made. I'm stunned. And look, I get the, the premise. I understand how it works, but I still don't... I, the thing that I I don't get, I still don't understand why anyone would pay a monthly fee to see people naked, right? You can get that shit for free in a number of different places. Maybe it's just because you want to see this particular person naked, but in, in Bad Bobby's case, you don't see her naked. You're just seeing her. What's the payoff? Like, what are you paying for? Are you paying to hear her talk? Because she sounds like an idiot. Granted, she was 13 at the time, but I can't imagine she sounds much better. I guess there are just a fucking shit ton of people with expendable income who just want to, looking to just see cock and or cooch. I heard someone uh, say the other day on Twitter, why doesn't every woman have an OnlyFans? It's free money. It just seems like there's always going to be uh, a, a a bunch of uh, guys or girls out there with a PayPal account, some coin burning a hole in their pocket that just needs to be handed over to someone who might take their clothes off or engage in coitus. I mean, honestly. And I wonder if she had to buy it in cash because she couldn't get a mortgage. Like, do banks look at OnlyFans revenue and assets as viable in the mortgage game. I don't know. I'm not a mortgage person. I'll have to ask a mortgage guy. We'll see. But honestly, when you think about that, you think how fucking crazy that is. That is crazy. Like that. That's that's America in a nutshell, right? This girl was on the Dr. Phil show because her mother could not fucking handle her. Literally couldn't handle her. Apparently the girl stole a car like during the filming of the show. She gets sent to rehab. That fucking blew up. Uh, you know, she went to rehab again. Apparently she'd been to rehab multiple times. Poor thing's only fucking 19 years old. She's been to rehab multiple times. Obviously there was some trauma there. Her, her father wasn't around. 
Not that that means much, but it, it must obviously mean something to her because the poor thing is traumatized. But now she stands in front of a camera, does God knows what, and makes 50 million bucks. Wow. It's fucking crazy to me. Crazy. That's it for the show. I I needed to end on a on a note that blew my fucking mind. <laughs> oh man, listen. Um, thank you for tolerating me. Thanks for listening to the show. I, I know um, it's uh, stupid, and uh, if you listened, thank you. It, it's it's always appreciated. I don't understand why you listen. I'm glad that you do. I would hope that you tell people that you know. That, hey, if you like stupid shit, you should listen to this show. If you like fucking white dudes in their 40s that have a microphone talking nonsense, this is the place for you. Granted, there's 8 million other places, but still, this is the place for you. And next week on the show, um, I'm scheduled to to finally have another guest. I'm looking forward to it. Um, another guest... Los Angeles musician Stuart Todd Whitworth. It is incredibly interesting how we connected in that uh, he actually agreed to come on the show, which is phenomenal. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. He, he seems like a good dude with a good story and some good tunes, so that's good, right? Um, Stuart Todd Whitworth. stwmusic.com. S T wmusic.com. He just put out a new album. You should really check out the um, like the video that he put that he has to go with it. And then he has a um, uh, a video for the song for for the the single "Where You Are." I told him that it has a very um, like early to early two thousands vibe. Ben Folds-ish, if you're into that. But it's good. stwmusic.com. Check it out. It's got a bunch of stuff up on YouTube. A lot of different songs. uh, Original stuff. Covers, whatnot. But looking forward to that interview. Should be good. Hopefully. If it happens. (laughs) As it is with, with, with guests in this particular program, sometimes it doesn't always work out, so... Um, <clears throat> check out the Instagram page at Complaints Pod. It's where you get stupid questions like, uh, "How many koozies do you own?" Uh, you can go to the Twitter page at Complaints Pod, where you're where you'll see uh, me tweeting about random shit, uh, mostly sports and uh, other crap. Um, I have a Facebook page, but fuck Facebook. I have a YouTube page that I don't really use. I have a uh, Twitch page that I can't figure out. I have a TikTok page that I don't use. Um, I have a blog that I do blog on. It's uh, at complaintsandobservations.com. Check it out. New blogs every Friday, hopefully, uh, depending on how things are, are, are looking that particular day. Um, but yeah, that that's pretty much... Oh, you can call in. Leave a voicemail, 617 617- Six five seven four seven three six six one seven six five seven four seven three six. Check it out. Uh, call in, complain, observe. If there's something on your mind, you just want to call. You don't even. It doesn't even have to be a complaint. You can just call. With, you know, you get something on your mind. Call in. Love to hear from you. But um, but that's it. Um, have yourselves a wonderful week. Um, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll catch up next week. Uh, maybe I'll let you know what's going on. Probably not. Cause it's really none of your fucking business, right? It's not neither here nor there, but, uh, yeah, that's it. So listen, uh, tell your friends, tell your moms, please tell your mom. Plus, uh, mother's day is coming up. So what better gift to give your mother than, uh, <laughs> pointing her in the direction of this garbage program. Hopefully, maybe if you don't like your mother, if you don't like your mother, maybe this is the gift for you. Uh, And then also, I think next week, 
Next week might be the uh, two-year anniversary of the program. I gotta double check. See the next week or the week after, but uh, the two-year anniversary of the program is coming up quick, man. Not that it matters. I didn't do anything for the hundredth episode. Why would I do anything for a two-year anniversary? <sighs> yeah. All right, that's it. Take care of yourselves. Uh, take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta. <laughs>